welcome to Reframe and Rewire Greatness Through Daily Routine. This podcast is designed to alter your mindsets and transform your day-to-day from the second you open your eyes to you close them at night, adapting what I would call a success routine. This series is liable to change your life. And it's never the big things that you do, but the littlest things you do every day that make the biggest difference. And now, on to the podcast. Thank you for joining. Welcome back to the podcast as we continue in this series on Fear is a Liar. And for the first five episodes, we covered the five deceptions of fear. And now we started a conversation about the inner workings that lead us down a bad road many times to making very irrational decisions. And some of these decisions can be life-changing decisions, decisions that we may regret for the rest of our time on this earth. Uh, And it's unfortunate, too, because if we're willing to face the fear head-on, if we're willing to get to the solutions and find a way to see this from a more unemotional, logical perspective, it can uh, be a game-changer for the good. So, you know, I, and I mentioned yesterday in the, in this discussion that we're having right now, and I'll get back to it in a second. I mentioned yesterday that, uh, you know, EMS workers are taught how to uh, avoid getting in this state of fear and allowing fear to take control of them, which is what happens. It takes control of you and paralyzes that frontal cortex and then, and then makes you irrational. And then you act out in ways that are not good they have to learn it. They have to. Because if they didn't, they would always be making irrational decisions. And unfortunately, our, our, our first responders do make irrational decisions sometimes because of fear. It happens. I mean, we know that already, right? I mean, everybody in the whole world knows that now. Uh, we're human, right? We need to understand that we have fallacies. And, and if we don't understand what's going on inside of us, if we don't really realize the inner workings and take time to learn this stuff, then you're always just going to be taking control by it. Right? So that's the reason I take the time to explain this, even from a scientific level. And I even do uh, at length in my book, Reframe and Rewire, uh, Greatness Through Daily Routine, if that's something that you're interested in learning more about. But obviously there's a lot of other resources out there. Uh, but anyway, back to what I'm saying is the EMS workers need to learn this because they got to learn how to breathe, how to lower the cortisol so they can think straight, so it doesn't take control of their minds and you know lead them again in that illogical pattern that is so common with our physiology because of all these chemicals that are released. And if you need to hear the whole lineup of how that domino effect happens internally, uh, uh, then you need to go back to yesterday's and listen to it, okay? Because I explain it at length listing out each of the chemicals that are released, why they're released, how they're released, and what they do to us. But I, I need to finish that conversation today before we can move on, okay? So so where I left off was talking about the hippocampus, which is dedicated memory storage, and it helps control the fear response because along with the prefrontal cortex, which is part of the brain involved in high level, okay, the executive center of the brain, which is 40% of your brain capacity, by the way, um, these centers assess the threat and they help us understand whether our fear response is real and justified, this is a key phrase here, or whether we're overreacting to something. Okay, so there's the key. Understand, I'm going to repeat it. All right, so it helps us understand whether our fear response is real and justified or whether we're overreacting and thinking irrationally. So if the hippocampus and prefrontal cortex, which is the executive center, 
decide that the fear response is exaggerated, then they will then in turn kick in and dial back to dampen the amygdala's activity. Remember the amygdala hijack, we mentioned that yesterday too. That's what causes road rage, you know, helps, it makes us out of control. We're not thinking straight. We're kind of going blind on the whole thing. So this partly explains why people enjoy watching scary movies because their sensible thinking brain can overpower primal parts of the brain's automated fear response. So we get to experience the rush of fear before our more reasonable brain tries to, you know, control it or dampen it down. So now, uh, so why do we freeze up when we, we're faced with fear? Well, the idea of our bodies preparing uh, for this, you know, fear experience, this usually life-threatening would be the, you know, the reason our body would react in the way that it does, and it was set up to do that, okay, um, uh, from a survival standpoint. But but how would freezing be of any use? Well, an, an animal that simply stands rooted to the spot would make an easy snack for a predator, you, you know, so it really doesn't make any sense that we would freeze. So let me get to this and help you understand this a little bit more. So when there, when, when, when there's a reason to be afraid and there's a life-threatening situation, most animals freeze for a few moments before they decide what to do. Sometimes staying motionless is the best plan. For instance, if you're, in a, if you're a small mammal or if you're camouflaged in some way, staying still could save your life. And a 2014 study identified the neurological root of the freezing response. It's generated by crosstalk between the periacoductal gray, which is the PAG, and the cerebellum. The PAG receives various types of sensory information about threats, including pain fibers. And the cerebellum is also sensory information, which it uses to coordinate the appropriate movement. So these researchers found a bundle of fibers that connect one region to the cerebellum, and they call it the pyramus, directly to the PAG. Messages that run along these paths cause an animal to freeze with fright. Now, the authors of this study hope that their findings might one day help design ways to treat people with anxiety disorders and phobias who get paralyzed. Right, so medical professionals class phobias as an anxiety disorder. And as mentioned earlier, they are often an irrational or overreacted reactive, uh, reaction to fear. Uh, something that most often cannot cause harm, but they can attach to pretty much anything and significantly impact people's quality of life. There, there's no hard and fast reason why a phobia will develop. Both genes and the environment can be involved, but sometimes the origin can be relatively easy to understand. Someone who witnesses someone falling off a bridge might later develop a phobia of bridges. So now we're getting into the, the emotions related to fear or trauma and the thoughts that go with it. And I want to come back tomorrow and talk about that a little bit more uh, to help you get the whole gist of this before we move on. So uh, please join us again tomorrow. This is Michelle Steffes, Reframe and Rewire. Hope you're enjoying this series. And uh, please share it with someone that may help. Talk to you soon. Thank you.